in an abandoned underground city at the Spanish coast near Malaga, I found a USB stick containing 300 random movies from arthouse to weird, from obscure to notorious. Now, in lockdown, it is time to watch and discuss them all in an international podcast project. Two Turks and a German, two filmmakers and a mystery man. Welcome to Mysterium Pictorum. Welcome, welcome to Mysterium Pictorum episode 23. And before we go any further, the most important question at this point, as usual, is who are we? Nissan. Who are you? I'm Nissan. I'm an actress and a filmmaker and a great editor. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's Jaren, Jaren, Jaren. Who are you again? You stole my catchphrase, but I'm Jaren and that's all you need to know. Women, eh? All right. And who yeah. am I, you ask? I am so glad you're interested. My name is <laughs> Lars Henriks. I'm a writer, director and actor from Hamburg, Germany. You can find out everything about me at www.larshenriks.de. I am also on TikTok. It's at Lars Henriks. It's a fantastic TikTok channel. You shouldn't miss out on it. I am so funny, seriously. I am also on Instagram, <laughs> but only sporadically. I'm mainly resharing TikTok stuff. So fuck Instagram. Instagram is a terrible uh, site. It's cancer for your phone i might delete it again i hate it uh but i uh, rejoined twitter and this time i didn't follow any german accounts which is uh, great uh for the for the app in general i can only recommend using twitter without following any german accounts it's way more fun find me on twitter uh, it's at henrix lars um, and we can we can have a nice uh, little conversation. If uh, you are enjoying this podcast so far, please write us an iTunes review, a five-star one. Um, if you do, uh, we will read it in this section of the podcast, the mailbag. And last time I read a, a, a comment that I found on the Spanish iTunes mm -hmm. um, and I had, uh, I had uh, forgotten to uh, take down the person's name. So I went back after I uploaded the new podcast mm -hmm. to look at the name. And the comment was deleted. So, um, oh, no. I, I, I mean, okay, so we had two iTunes reviews and now we have one again. This is not how this works, <laughs> people. After you posted the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are back to one iTunes review and I am very unhappy with that. So if you're listening <laughs> to this, write us an iTunes review. Come on, gosh darn it. Um, that was the mailbag section. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I need to record some, some podcast jingles. Okay, um... This week, we watched the film Arthur and Merlin <sighs> from the year 2015. And how did we like it? Nissan, how did you like it? I have... I don't know. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, I don't know what po anything positive to say. It was not like uh, a movie who, which made me angry, like some of the movies we watched. Yeah. Nothing positive. It was um it it had this typical TV fantasy movie. It was like let's try to make a Game of Thrones movie. It was in the same year, right? In the Game of Thrones era. Yeah. All right. Jaren, how did you like it? You you're a fan of of the Lord of the Rings. Did you appreciate this little gem of indie filmmaking? Sure. I decided to be more positive about these movies now. So it, it's a Proper TV movie, actually. 
as Nissan said. So it delivers what you would expect from it. All right, all right. That's that's damning with faint praise. Um, <laughs> how did I like it? Uh, let me let me tell you a little story. Uh, <laughs> once upon a time, a long long time ago, uh, I, 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 right after I uh, I had finished shooting my first feature film, it wasn't it wasn't done. Uh, the, the the editing wasn't done yet. I had just shot it. Um, I was invited to a film festival, actually fairly big one, one of the uh, bigger um, newcomer film festivals here in Germany for for young people, and uh, it was for short films. And they invited me uh, with uh, the very first short film I had made, and that's like uh, it's, uh, uh, luckily nobody can find it anywhere anymore because <laughs> it doesn't exist any anymore. I I think I hope, but um, that was like a very um, aggressive little uh, imitation of Christoph Schlingensief. A teenage movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty, pretty teenagey. Uh, pretty, pretty like uh, political in the um, in, in 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 the dumbest way. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, Or little. Well, I was I was very little. Uh, so so I was invited to this film festival, and uh, like the 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 short was uh, kind of violent and uh, pretty aggressive, uh, and aggressive towards the audience, and um, actually maybe fun. Uh, and and uh, the film was screened, and then the host uh, got on stage, and he just ripped into me like he fucking hated the film. They had invited me to 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 rip me to shreds. I was twenty one, and there was this established German director uh, attacking me on stage. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but um, I, I, I then got on stage too. Like he was supposed to interview me. He uh, fought me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I did rather well. The audience in my, uh, in my uh, perception was on my side, but maybe that was just my perception. And then later the jury uh, also like ripped the thing to shreds. And I thought, why did you guys invite me? But um All of that aside, later that night, uh, one of the uh, jury members, uh, actually another pretty uh, established, not famous in Germany, film directors aren't famous, but, but, but a very uh, established film director, came up to me and said, you made that uh, horrible little shot. Let me tell you something about that. I respect that film, but uh, it's not a film. It's like a, um, it's just like a rough sketch, like, a, like, 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 like you did a rough drawing of something that you imagined and uh, you could use this as kind of like a storyboard to go and then make the proper film. Uh, and that was bullshit regarding the film, but uh, I, I thought about I thought about that quote when thinking about Arthur and Merlin. To me, uh, it felt like there's there's a lot of interesting ideas here that are not fully realized. Sadly, give some examples. What interesting ideas? The Cthulhu stuff. I'm gonna get. There. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Cthulhu stuff. Uh, but how did we watch it? Jaren, uh, I understand you just finished watching it? I just finished it like half an hour ago. And uh, did you watch it on a big screen? Yeah, it was on a regular TV. So, But I mean, it didn't make any difference to the quality of the movie. But it's like really, really fresh in your mind, right? Are you still riveted? Are you shaken? I'm filled with excitement and I want more. All right, all right. So you have an erection. Um, <laughs> we watched it. Uh, it, it, it this is getting boring. I'm not going to tell you guys anymore where we watched it because if you've listened to this podcast even once, you know. Um, but, but, but I'm going to tell you what we ate because it was <laughs> terrible. We had like this 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 uh, grill package like with 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 uh, different different uh, poultry stuff like 
meat from the supermarkets and it was disgusting so we ate disgusting food and watched a trashy uh, tv movie so i think that was very very appropriate yeah. i actually when you talk, <laughs> talked about it uh, i actually ate a great german apple pie while watching this Amazing. Was it good? Yeah, it was great. Way better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, let me sum up the story. I will give my uh, very best and you uh, can correct me if I forget anything or I am terribly wrong. Okay, but I think this movie was uh, more straightforward than the usual Mysterium Pictorum fair. So, uh, the film Arthur and Merlin starts in a little village where we meet a young boy called Merlin who is marked. He has some mark in his face and his mother says it's because he's chosen and there are dark gods and light gods and he, I don't know, he's he's chosen um, by some entities that have a name that I forgot. Tuadan, Tuadan race. The Tuadan. The Tuadan uh, have marked Merlin because he's he's a very special boy. Uh, then um, an evil druid uh, comes to the village and he wants to sacrifice someone. He wants some human sacrifice. And uh, then he sees the, the, the Merlin boy and he sees the mark and he says, let's sacrifice that one that one's juicy um his mom doesn't want them to sacrifice her son so he kills her and then uh young arthur actually helps our little merlin to escape into an evil forest of which it is said nobody can ever return wait wait you missed a crucial point in the storyline oh no already yeah i fucked up today all right what's the <laughs> crucial point the boy doesn't have a father it's like a jesus myth Okay, okay. I, I will have to say something about that later. Then we uh, skip some time and older Arthur uh, is in, I, I think, is, is part of the Celtic army and they are fighting the Saxons. And um, there is an, there is still the evil wizard who likes to sacrifice people. And he leads the old, wise and kind king astray. The king is sort of senile and it's all uh, very reminiscent of that scenario in uh, The Lord of the Rings, right? Yaren, uh, what's what's the character called again? Uh, which one? I think he's called Wormtong. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, 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 that's basically the same thing, right? Grima Wormtong. Yeah, so that's that's just straight out of The Lord of the Rings. Um, then uh, Arthur takes a walk Uh, for some reason and he uh, finds a sword in a lake and he touches it and has a vision and that vision shows him the king dying in battle and now that he knows how the king will die in battle the next day um, Arthur manages to save the king in battle but now instead of the king uh, a random guy dies and Arthur is very sad The German Wikipedia article said this random guy was Arthur's best friend, but the film never really uh, mentioned it. But uh, okay, so Arthur's best friend apparently died. Arthur's very sad, but then forgets it immediately. Um, <laughs> after saving the king, Arthur uh, gets banished. Um, he says farewell to some lady in modern makeup who is apparently his girlfriend or something. Um, and he says he's going to find Merlin because he once knew this child and he thinks uh, this child can, um, probably being a man now, uh, defeat the evil magician. He then goes into the evil forest and finds Russell Brand in a cave. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not really joking. The actor playing Merlin looks 
suspiciously like Russell Brand. Uh, so I am going to refer to him as Russell Brand. Russell Brand doesn't want to join Arthur because he's waiting in this cave. He's waiting for an epic battle to come. Um, then he sees Arthur's sword and says, oh, you're the chosen one. And uh, the epic battle is going to come if I come with you. So now me, the audience, uh, I'm expecting an epic battle. Then uh, Russell Brand goes into his old village, which is destroyed now. And he, uh, he, he meets his old sweetheart, who he knew as a child, and she now hates him. That's very sad. Um, then the two of them, like Arthur and Merlin, they meet a nobleman who uh, deserted from the army with his two soldiers. And he is a bad singer, which he uh, <laughs> then proceeds to prove. Um, then the nobleman rats them out to uh, the evil wizard's soldiers. And uh, changes his mind immediately afterwards and uh, joins Arthur and Merlin and kills the evil soldiers. Um, Arthur and Merlin, for some reason, decide to trust this guy immediately. I don't know why. But um, okay, Merlin explains that the evil wizard uh, is trying to um, raise Cthulhu. Cthulhu has a different name here, but it's clearly Cthulhu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hastur. <laughs> um, all right. So he wants to he wants to raise the great old ones by uh, sacrificing lots of people and that's why he wants the Celtic army to die and stuff. Which didn't really make any sense. Like 10,000 people shouldn't take 15 plus years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus his 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 latest idea is just to have the whole Celtic arm, army slaughtered at once. Um, why didn't he do that before? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but whatever, uh, he go, uh, the, the evil wizard is in uh, an evil dungeon, uh, to fulfill his evil plans. And, uh, instead of an epic battle, now, uh, Arthur, Merlin and the senior king and the modern makeup lady, um, all come to this cellar. Um, they kill the evil magician and they make Cthulhu remain in his subterranean tunnel where he dies. After stabbing it with archers legendary lake sword yeah um it's it's thoroughly anticlimactic sadly um mm -hmm. then uh, I, i i didn't mention this but the modern makeup lady also had some plot it's just not significant at all um but now the uh, the old king dies and makes arthur his heir and now we are very hyped for um the sequel right guys I'm actually excited about it. Yeah. I mean, there is a sequel. I'm not joking here. Uh, you, you, it's it's uh, Yaren, you found that out on IMDb. What's mm -hmm. the title again? Uh, Arthur and Merlin: Legend of Balor. What what do you think? What's what's this going to be about? It says again. It's a similar plot that's written on IMDb. Some person is trying to raise a dark lord from the underground. Wow. Um, I'm speechless. Nissan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I watched it already. Okay, uh, jokes aside, um, respect for indie filmmaking and for ambitious indie filmmaking. This was produced on a budget of uh, £230,000, which is like really for, 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 for a film of this ambition, that's, that's nothing. Um, and they shot it in 25 days, apparently based on very, very old Celtic uh, uh, Arthurian legends that are older than the ones we know. Um, so, so all of that is great, okay? Uh, but, but <laughs> I mean, this, this movie <laughs> consists largely of exposition. Because mm. 
I think the kind of story they wanted to tell, they didn't have the money to tell it. Like they, 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 they talk about dragons coming. And then at some point we see fog and people disappear in the fog. Uh, so there might have been a monster or something. They talk about monstrous gods and we see again, like fire or something. And they then push a sword yeah. into the fire. Mm, they, very they, shitty CGI fire. <laughs> They talk about an epic battle between the light and the dark. And come on, again, the epic battle being them shoving a sword into CGI fire. That's, that's, <laughs> how is that an epic battle? And, and, and like, of course you didn't, you, you couldn't afford it, but then don't write it. I, I am so sorry. I really want to love this. I really want to, uh, respect this. I, I, I really want to be positive, but, um, I have some problems with this. Uh, Jaren, um, what did you think about the amount of exposition? I mean, exposition aside, you remember that scene where uh, Gimli, Aragorn and Legolas keep running in, I think, the second movie? It, they had like a 10-minute version of that shot with a drone, so it was pointless. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what scene in The Lord of the Rings <laughs> you're talking about, and I know mm -hmm. exactly what scene in this you're talking about. Um, also the, 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 historicity, there was, there were some problems. Like, for example, the most glaring one being the makeup. Am I the only one who was bothered by that? No, I agree. I was the one who pointed out, uh, mm -hmm. the, the only female, no, there were two female characters. And they both had smoky eye look. Wait, right. there were two female You characters? learned that word from me. You didn't even know what smoky eyes is. That's a 2000 look it's it was even to all uh, old for 2015 sure i know what smoky eyes like, is they had smoky eyes and like really thin eyebrows that was so weird maybe they they done their makeup themselves and besides of that um i didn't like the actors in general i i liked russell brand i thought the old king was great yeah the old king was a good actor and russell brand was fun yes he was okay But I, I really love British actors, but those were, I didn't like them. I don't think this was a British movie. Oh, of course, Pound. Yeah, it's a British movie. I mean, I none of the actors I've seen and I have been watching Doctor Who since, what, 2005? And none of them I've seen in Doctor Who, which means they're shitty actors. Because everybody is in Doctor Who. Any UK actor has been on it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of exposition. And now, um, come on, I will just talk about my main problem with this right away, because this is something that, that really bothers me when, when, when indie films do this. When you don't have the budget to make a mainstream blockbuster, which obviously, who does? Why do you then go and try to imitate a mainstream blockbuster? Like, you cannot pull it off. It will not work. You need money for that. You don't have money for that. You could go for other things. You could, instead of instead of uh, copying a blockbuster, you could make something really unique because you don't have to make back that much money. Like if you if you just make a a boring blockbuster but worse, then who's your target audience? It felt yeah, I completely agree. It felt for me like a very very ambitious student film. Like, uh, uh, film students who are really ambitious. I mean, th it's great that they did this in such a short time with, uh, such a small amount of money. Um, but like, I would be impressed if that would be in a university. I would say, wow, guys, um, you did the, you did that great with the technique and blah. But, um, 
comparing to uh, filmmakers who want to express a vision or do something creative or individual, um, then I think it's just, as you said, a copy of Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. And you can only do stuff like that with like millions of uh, pounds. It feels more like a um, film between students internally, not for an audience. And um, now I, I, I sound a little bit unfair because for a film student movie, it would be very big. They would be the golden boys. But um, sorry, you can only appreciate that if you um, if you are interested in the making. You know what it feels like? Not in the consuming. It feels like a very long show reel. It feels like a team is is showing. Look at what we can achieve on a budget. Um, we can we can make a proper fantasy film. Uh, we we can imitate proper fantasy films. And and we shot it on an Ari Alexa. And we only had uh, so little money and so little time. And and look at it. It's not embarrassing. And it truly isn't. If they would have had the guts to do something unique. You know, something atmospheric. Like they, 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 they tried so hard to copy the the aesthetics of uh, the Lord of the Rings. That's not going to happen on that kind of budget. Plus, Lord of the Rings isn't purely aesthetics. Lord of the Rings has a stellar, world class cast. Uh, the source material is so dense. Uh, like, like, like they did try to develop some kind of mythology, but I mean, it's nothing compared to Lord, to, to, to the Lord of the Rings. It's uh, the names of, I think, two gods or something, and and then the mention of a dragon. Um, I have respect for the ambition, and uh, I also think the 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 mythology has potential. Um, I would have liked to see more of the the Cthulhu and the monster stuff. I, I I think like some British people came together after watching Lord of Rings and thought to themselves, "Wait, we have a great lore based on Arthur Merlin, shit like that. Why don't we make stuff like that?" And then decided making this. I, I I've watched this interview uh, on YouTube, and the, the the producer said, "Yeah, they they wanted to make something like the Lord of the Rings." Uh, and then they uh, read something about young Tolkien and how he would read these, uh, I think, Celtic or Welsh legends, probably Celtic, whatever, these old, old legends. And then they looked into those legends and they were like, oh, these are Arthurian legends, but uh, the names are slightly different. That is exciting. I am sorry. I sound sarcastic and mean, but um, this... Uh, this this movie promised me uh, promised me fantastical worlds. Uh, it promised me a, a, a battle between the light and the dark. It promised me monsters and gods, and it didn't deliver. And of course, it didn't because it couldn't. And I'm I'm sad about that. Um, plus, yeah, there was the, the 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 TV movie look, which is what happens when you try to imitate something that is made on a bigger budget than what you have. Like, um, Jaren, have you seen the trailer for the Green Knight? Yep. Nissan? Um, I think you showed me the okay. new movie from the A Ghost Story uh, director, right? Yes, exactly. The director of A Ghost Story has made uh, his own take on an Arthurian legend, mm -hmm. The Green Knight. And uh, that one, uh, like the trailer suggests that this film uh, visually takes the mythos Literally, like you know how how those myths and 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 legends and and fairy tales too are always written in such a dreamlike uh, imagery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And apparently for the Green Knights, judging by the trailer, they just took that and ran with it. And it's fantastic and it looks so great and it it, 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 it has such atmosphere. And this one didn't have any atmosphere. And I, I, I mean, they did lean into like some sort of horror aspect. Why not lean fully into to it? Why not give me creepy Cthulhu stuff? I don't know. I felt so like... <sighs> Yeah, I disappointed. Mean, I was just thinking uh, of, for example, it's a completely different movie, and I uh, also think it had a big budget because um, the actress is kind of famous, I think. But uh, Gretel and Hansel, um, did did you watch it, uh, Jaren? No. By Oz Perkins. That was also kind of minimalistic. And there were only three actors, I think, maybe one supporting actor, and it had such great atmosphere and uh, look, and they um, they uh, it, it um, told a story straightforward, and it was also individual with new ideas for the story, but also you know visually. And I think if if you just um, do something, yeah, individually. Um, then I I will be more impressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, Gretel and Hansel actually is an interesting uh, example because that one was openly minimalistic and mm -hmm. this one pretended to be a maximalist uh, fantasy epic, which it just wasn't and couldn't be. Uh, uh, I, I, I just wish it would have been more abstract. Jaren, do you think uh, abstraction would have helped this film? Yeah, I think if you just switch the exposition to i don't know some different way of storytelling it would yeah. make it much better like don't give me expectations on as you said dragons and whatnot i don't need that the story sounds interesting anyway they, they were talking and talking and talking and i thought just show me that stuff yeah, yeah. and if you if you uh make your characters talk and talk and talk then write like great dialogue yeah i mean uh, Uh, nothing happened in the dialogue, but, like a, but exposition. Yeah, and mm. it was, most of the time it was like a, you know, these um, ancient uh, uh, um, Greek uh, plays where a character has a big monologue and explains uh, the story uh, because they ca can't show action because it was written for yeah. uh, uh, only three actors to play it. And uh, it felt like that. They were explaining what was going to happen or what happened. And you you can make a great movie with only uh, people talking, but then focus on the dialogue. Yeah, and 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 like if you focus on the dialogue, then um, I need to get some sort of impression what kind of characters these are. Like uh, yeah. modern makeup lady has modern makeup. <laughs> that's all I know about her. Like uh, what what is the Arthur of Arthur and Merlin? Like 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 what kind of guy is he? Yaren, did you get any impression of him at all? Uh, no, I think he just gave some. Like paladin esque, uh, cheesy sentences about his character, and that was pretty much it. Let me tell you something else about you know the exposition and the problems with it. Like the movie starts with a narration of Arthur or what the Celts are going through, I guess, and you never hear from that whoever is doing the narration ever again. I completely forgot about the narration. Me too. But yeah, now I remember vaguely. You know, sometimes I feel like um, even though uh, we were bashing all these old man movies, I feel like I can understand them because, you know, as you always say, um, I'm my character is, is 
a girl and an old uh, self-righteous man. Yes, you're a boomer. Yes, but <laughs> I, I am also a, a millennial woman, so I share both. But I feel like I don't understand movies for boys. I understand movies for um, old, self-righteous boomer men. I don't always like them, but I I just don't understand it. But what about this movie do you think uh, would would you have enjoyed more uh, if you had a penis? Like there weren't even <laughs> any any boobs. No boobs, no action, nothing's going on. Well, you guys uh, once told in, uh, while we were talking about a better tomorrow, like that bromances and um, mm -hmm. when 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 a, a hero, when a male hero character uh, sacrifices himself for someone or something that it has impact on male audience. Maybe they were trying something like that, but it just didn't work because, sorry, I mean, the, yeah, the Merlin uh, actor was also kind of funny because he was Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell Brand is just a funny man. The Arthur uh, character, they didn't have chemistry. It just didn't, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, I'm also very sorry, but they weren't characters. And, and so, so, so there wasn't a bromance. There was, there was nothing yes. to catch on here. And now that we're talking about bromance, uh, Jan, do you know, uh, the British TV show Merlin? British TV show. Yeah. It's about, uh, King Arthur and Merlin and they are uh, of the same age. They are pretty young. Oh yeah. I watched like a couple of episodes. I mean, that does have a dragon and the dragon does the narration. Uh, I think it's mm -hmm. voiced by John Hurt. Um, And in that, that show is really charming. And in that one, uh, Arthur and Merlin do have chemistry. I mean, they have enough chemistry for their fans to post a whole lot of Arthur Merlin porn on the internet. Um, that's the Merlin with like huge ears, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I mean, it's a flawed show. It's a, it's a TV show of its time, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's just, uh, the, the characters thing, like it had, If, if if I had liked these characters, if these characters had given me anything, like, again, I don't know who King Arthur is. And Merlin, yeah, okay, he looks vaguely like Russell Brand. That amused me for a minute. And then I was mm. like, okay, but what's what's his deal? I don't know. And then they spent like a day and a night uh, in each other's company. Um, I think they talk about Merlin being heartbroken about his teenage sweetheart not liking him anymore or something. It's, I don't know, it's... There's just nothing. It's so formulaic. It's like they they went through a checklist and it mm. doesn't have a heart. Like if you're planning on making a movie that doesn't have a heart, then just make a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they they have one. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's what they what they are applying for with this one. Like this is this is a demo reel. Yeah. Um, This is, this is a... Yeah, that's maybe our problem. It felt so, um, what's the opposite of personal? impersonal it felt so impersonal yeah it, 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 it it's it's like it's like screaming come on give me money to direct a very bland blockbuster film yes yes and, and, and i mean okay if, if that's if, if that's what they want to do i am happy that they uh do get to make a second one and i hope uh they are listening um and and are <laughs> taking our constructive criticism and they make the second one like really abstract and they give me lots of dragons boobs and blood that's that's um that's what i'm ordering um Jaren, uh with your vast knowledge of uh film mm -hmm. uh i have i have a problem i am going to describe it to you now Mm -hmm. I really, really like the Arthurian legends. I am truly fascinated by them. I haven't watched 
a movie adaptation of them that has satisfied me. Can you point me into the direction of a good Arthur and Merlin film? I actually don't know anything about Arthur and Merlin. Like, well, I was thinking about that because, as you said, it's an adaptation of an old legend that I guess is parallel to Arthur and Merlin's story. Sorry, that thing about the older myth, that, that, that smells like bullshit to me a bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, these, these characters in some versions have their names spelled weird. That doesn't really... I don't know. And, and uh, okay, so he doesn't get the sword from a lady in the lake. He just get it, gets it out of a lake. I don't know how revolutionary that is to me, but uh, okay, may, uh, I'm probably wrong. What do I know? But, I mean, that, that part is also problematic to me because technically he's given the uh, sword to a Christian lady. Yes, yes. When that happened, uh, so, so, so uh, one, one, at, at one point pretty early on in the movie... Um, There are two, I think, Saxon uh, warriors. Or, no, no, Celtic, Celtic yeah, warriors. Celtic. There are two Celtic warriors, and they are, uh, the, the Celtics are pagans. Uh, I mean, the Druid is like like a priest of the pagans, and uh, the Celtics are assaulting a Christian woman. And uh, then Arthur saves, yeah. yeah. And then Arthur saves the Christian woman and and uh, gets her back her crucifix. And I thought, oh, okay, so this is a Christian movie. This is about how Christianity is awesome and, and, and saved everyone. I, 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 I 100% thought this is a Pure Flix film. Do you guys know Pure Flix? Yeah, you told me about that. That's like a, that's like a um, Christian, uh, or not Christian, that's like an evangelical Netflix. So for <laughs> batshit crazy American Bible thumpers. We have to watch uh, Pure Flix movies. <laughs> oh, we, 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 When we go to Turkey... Uh, and uh, hang out with Yaron. Let's like, let's do that for a joke. But that will make me so angry. Okay, so special Patreon episode is coming up. Uh, <laughs> special Patreon mini series. We are going to watch the best of the best on Pureflix and review them for five dollar patrons <laughs> on our future hypothetical Patreon sometime. The only thing I know about Pureflix is that uh, the Her Hercules actor. Yes, he's in everything. Uh, from the 90s, uh, he's a uh, Trumpy. Yeah, wasn't he also in The Coup? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, he tweeted about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was always a shit actor. but okay. And the Zena actress, who is a Democrat, um, beefed him she, for she, that. She, she's a New Zealander, right? Yeah, but whatever. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a cool moment. So they had their five minutes of fame again. Mm. Nice, nice. They should have. They should have wrestled. Oh, and I also know uh, another actress. Um, did you guys watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the nineties? Yes, she's also. Mm -hmm. She looks like she she took tons she of is. meth and is on Pureflix now. <laughs> she's all yeah. She uh, is also a Trumpy now, and um, that's Pureflix. Uh, okay, so Nissan, do you have any good King Arthur films? Um, I'm unfortunately, I, my knowledge about the, uh, Arthur, um, mythology is also very limited. Um, I, I would like to fresh that up. Um, I remember that I watched King Arthur with, uh, Clive Owen and Kira Knightley. Oh, that's from that, that weird oh, yeah. era. Like, 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 like that, that there was a time when they would have these, these, these old magical myths and legends, but have them re done realistically, right? Yeah, and I think uh, Brad Pitt Troy started with that. 
Yeah. Which was a German director because Germans hate fantasy. Of, of course it was. <laughs> so it's it was Wolfgang Petersen. <laughs> I remember Wolfgang Petersen, it's all your fault. Yeah, that's really not cool. And I also didn't like that you uh, cutted Cassandra out from, from the Troy. I mean, Wolfgang Petersen, I'm going to be eternally grateful to you for making The Neverending Story, which is an awesome movie and also has a lot of fantasy. But why did you cut the fantasy out of Troy. That's a bad idea. And uh, the whole of Hollywood apparently thought it was a great idea because Hollywood is really, really dumb. Don't don't give these people bad ideas, Wolfgang. It's mean. And But that's interesting because on, on the Troy mythology, my knowledge is pretty uh, good. And I uh, haven't seen a good, or w what is good? Um, who am I to judge? But um, <laughs> uh, Troy uh, adaptation, I was a fan of too. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen an adaptation of Greek mythology in general that I really liked. Like there are the the, the Ray Harryhausen, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, and, and and films like that. But I mean, those are those aren't great films. Those are uh, charming examples of awesome uh, vintage special effects technology. Yaren, uh, adaptations of uh, mythology that you like. I actually really liked Troy at the time and it was super accurate in terms of even like geography. I didn't like the movie because at that time I had my Indiana Jones face and I was really into this uh, um, Odyssey and Troy mythology and stuff. And I was a big fan of the character Cassandra um, and uh, they left her out. Then I always uh, interpreted, uh, no, it was... It wasn't even subtext, right? That uh, Achille and his um, his it was his lover who was killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the in the film Homophobe uh, Hollywood in the 2000s made uh, made them um, made made the boy uh, made uh, made Achille's lover his cousin. They uh, um, put out all the they let out all the fantasy. They uh, let out Cassandra. I didn't like that. I just was very upset that there was no magic. Yeah, me I, too. I wanted gods. I wanted magic to happen. Why would you take the magic out of mythology when adapting myths? I uh, at, at least Because Arthur and Merlin. Well, Americans did that afterwards. Like like there the, 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 there was that that yeah. uh, King Arthur Americans film. Americans like money, and Troy uh, was, I think, a thing, and they thought now we have to make this again and again and again. So, but I, I, I will say this for this movie. Uh, they did leave the magic in. Um, they, they didn't show <laughs> it, but they sure <laughs> did talk about it a lot. <laughs> And I mean, yeah, they did show it, but they showed nothing when they showed it. Okay. Yeah, it's a smoke machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this leads me to the next question. Um, I think when I imagine this film done in a way that I would have loved, I am imagining something more akin to a horror film. Uh, it would be more abstract. Uh, it would lean uh, deeper into the the, the 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 creepy mythology stuff. Uh, there would be darker images. Uh, there, there, there would be more um, atmospheric images. Uh, there would be more violence. So yeah, it would it would get a whole lot darker. So I was thinking, um, and and you guys help me here. Epic fantasy on a low budget, like, is that even possible? And if so, how? And if it has been done, what movie? Like, uh, is it the Soviet version of The Hobbit? Is that uh, the great low-budget fantasy I'm missing? Not in terms of fantasy, but um, sorry, I'm horrible with history and dates and names and stuff. But um, 
in the first season of Rome, when Caesar is trying to get back to Rome to seize power, he's stopped by that guy I forgot the name of. And that battle is supposedly historically super epic because Caesar is outnumbered three to one. And it's like using great strategy and everybody was waiting for that scene for like, I don't know how many episodes at the time. And then they just show you uh, after the battle, the commander sits down and explains how they lost while, you know, drawing lines on the sand and how they, you know, didn't see the pincer movement coming and so on. So it was still okay. I was let down for not seeing the action, but in terms of how to use exposition, I think that was a great way. I mean, uh, Rome was sort of the predecessor to Game of Thrones, right? And on a similar budget, mm -hmm. uh, because Game of Thrones season one did the same thing, right? There was the huge epic battle and then uh, Tyrion got knocked out and we didn't see the battle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm complaining about this in this film. They, 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 they told me about all these wonders and then never showed me any of them. Like, uh, at least Game of Thrones showed me dragons. I think that, um, on, uh, now it's gonna sound cheesy, but I think anything's possible when you tell, uh, tell a story, especially with the digital possibilities right now. If you really want to tell a story and, and if you have a, have an individual idea, but as, as we, uh, acknowledge this is a demo reel this had it feels like it it had other aims it feels like they wanted to try out they uh, wanted to uh, learn they wanted to uh, show uh, how much uh, they can achieve with uh, such little budget so a production company should give them a bigger budget um, and i mean apparently that happened and they're making a sequel so uh yeah, i mean absolutely. no but i i was gonna say The other, like, other side of it, because apparently it didn't work so that they didn't shoot anything in the last six years after this. And none of them did I check the writers and everyone who were involved. Only the guy who played Arthur is still acting. The other guys, it's their last movie. I mean, Russell Brand is also still around. I know he's, he's more into writing weird political books now or talking mm. to Jordan Peterson on YouTube, but he's, <laughs> he's around. He's, he's doing stuff. He, he's not actually Russell Brand, by the way. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, so. he's joking. <laughs> I think it's possible. Ma to, to, to make, ma make an epic fantasy on a low budget. I don't know, because I've, 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 I've never seen it and, and thinking about how, how to do it. Um, like I, I've just recently seen a trailer for another low budget, uh, fantasy buyer company that I really respect and I like uh, the films they've done before uh, mostly uh, horror and I, uh, the, the the trailer kind of saddened me I don't know I, I I don't think I don't think epic fantasy works on a low budget I mean uh, the first Twilight's movie is also something like an epic fantasy and no it's not it was on low budget the first one and then people uh yeah but it's it. a, it's a contained little romance like a teenage romance that's not no i mean i mean i mean set in a fantasy world like hard fantasy like basically lord of the rings lord of the rings doesn't work on a budget i don't think it does but 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 i think mm. uh, adaptations of myths would And I think there aren't enough good adaptations of myths and there should It's be more. So interesting because I think there are some uh, great adaptations of um, like fairy tales, like as, as I said, Gretel and Hansel, for example. Um, 
the witch also feels like a, a fairy tale. It's also kind of minimalistic. Um, but I don't know why it doesn't work with the uh, that kind of mythologies. I mean, the, the ones I, I watched. Yeah, I think the, the, the main thing that always falls uh, through with Greek myths, um, to me, are mostly characters. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Arthurian legends, I don't know why, but those seem to be often like low-budget undertakings. I know there's from the 80s, from 81, a film called Excalibur. I guess none of you have seen it. Uh some some people some people really like it i i couldn't i couldn't warm to it i don't know i don't know what it is about Arthurian legends i think Arthurian legends are just such fascinating uh stories uh, what i'm saying you guys is what i'm saying is um i'm really excited for the green knight like <laughs> i can't wait yeah i i thought the trailer looked great and then we loved a ghost story Yeah, and maybe this is this is going to be the first time that I'm going to see a film uh, about this thing that I love that is going to make me happy. Like there is the Disney uh, animated one, and that's that's okay. That's uh, but that's just the beginning of the story, so that's not nearly enough. Another adaptation of uh, Arthurian legends that I love is called um, Merlin or the Wastelands, and it's a play. It's a theater play. It's my favorite play actually by a uh, German playwright Tankred Dost. That, that that that's telling like tons of these. Uh, Uh, Arthurian legends and it's such a fantastic play someone should maybe just make a film out of that I uh, since you're speaking speaking of books um, I I just had an idea for uh, uh, for an epic uh, fantasy uh, mythology film which um, which could work um, minimalistic I um, read a book about Troy I think the name was Women of Troy written by a man but whatever and um it starts it has two acts and it starts with and and the book tells the story of the perspectives of the women while all the men have the these 10 20 years war outside um they are they are inside and suffering and it's the first act starts with helen and uh and then she goes with paris to troy <laughs> And then it starts with the perspective of Cassandra, my favorite character who hates <laughs> Helen. And, you know, this, this could be an idea to um, adapt this book. Yeah. Why do you like Cassandra so much? Was it like your first role or something? No, I wish. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, uh, like the other day we did figure out that uh, Cassandra Because is basically like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Uh, like sure. it's the foreigner and <laughs> yeah she, she she hates the foreigners and 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 she's she's a doomsayer and nobody's paying attention to her no i liked her because i i'm a, a person i'm a i'm an overthinker and i'm really paranoid and i hate it when i um say stuff and no one believes me and at the end i'm with those kind of stuff i'm always right but no one believes me because i'm so paranoid but i'm right because i'm so paranoid and i overthink i overthink i overthink um, until it makes sense, you know, but, um, that's why I really, uh, liked her and I could relate to her because she was always right, but no one believed her. It's, it's kind of a feminist, uh, statement. This could make like uh, a place beyond the pines, you know, the first half Helen, and then boom, she's in Troy. Um, and we suffered with her, we relate to her. Um, and suddenly we are in the perspective of, of the other woman who um who hates her that's interesting it it should be more like a 
theater play movie, like after the rehearsal, you know? I think that uh, the the the, the um, ancient Greek tragedies actually lent themselves to uh, low-budget adaptation, and that's sort of uh, fantastical. Like uh, Antigone, for example, very, very contained. Yeah. I mean, all of them are because of the three actors rule, but yeah. Um, uh, the Arthurian stuff, apparently uh, it's really, really hard to adapt it. Um, I'm sorry this one didn't quite pull it off for me. Uh, but you guys, um, important question. Why is this here? Why was this put on this USB stick? What's the connection between this piece of filmmaking and the other films we've watched? Now I'm thinking, were not all the movies we watched kind of low-budget movies? Many were, yeah. Maybe that's also important to know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the USB stick person is a filmmaker who's also trying to learn how to make low budget different type of movies Because no i don't think so i would have met a filmmaker in torox yeah but there <laughs> yeah you're kind of right there were only uh british drunk teenage boys and german um how do you say old that? people old people um and uh spanish people who worked in the touristic industry and hated all the british people and german people and they were kind of right i mean i mean uh, we did we did at some point uh, speculate that it could be like some some film student from malaga and there could have yeah. been like an underground screening down there in the catacombs that's not even that uh, unlikely yeah and i was just thinking even with um with movies um where we expected that they're gonna be more big more mainstream for example this this cat movie which we always take as an example uh, that 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 doesn't fit that much to the other movies well had also you know a feeling of, of low budget tea yeah i think by now like like uh, now that you said uh, guys said that and 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 i speculated on this before I actually just thought the catacombs would make a great place. The Torox catacombs would make, make a great place for uh, film screenings, for like underground film screenings. Yeah. Um, Ooh, and maybe nice. there was just, you, you know, someone who, who organized or still organizes uh, screenings there, maybe even regularly. Like, or, or, or maybe there was just one screening that I don't know, but, 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 but this could just be the USB stick of a person who organizes underground screenings. Yeah, I think it's it's a realistic idea, but it's kind of boring. Yeah, I have a more exciting one. Are you are you guys ready for the more exciting one? And also, yes, we are. I just want to add something. Also, um, we lived there for a year. We would hear of it if there were screenings somewhere. Yeah, I mean, if if they were like really secret, really underground. Ah, why secret? Because illegal. Oh, okay. I thought you have some <laughs> magical idea. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. But I mean, I, I wanted to talk about the realistic stuff first before I'm going <laughs> to pitch my, my new conspiracy theory. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. Okay, you guys. Um, so, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in like uh, his uh, uh, one of his first, if not his first appearance, um, Merlin is actually the Antichrist. Um, mm -hmm. the demons go, wow, well, uh, you know, God has impregnated a woman and they had the Christ. So, um, let's, let's impregnate a woman too and have the antichrist. So they do. Um, and, and yeah. Wait, is it a theory or is it, uh, is no, that's, that, 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 that's like an old Merlin legend. Oh, okay. I, don't I, I know mean, it, it can't be the original one because, because, uh, um, 
obviously all the Arthurian myths have origins in pagan uh, mythology, but 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 this is like I, I think one of the first times that Merlin is mentioned with this name. I guess it's it's so it's a, it's a newer approach than the one this movie adapted. But yeah, uh, in, in 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 that story. Um, Uh, Merlin's mother gets impregnated, I guess, by Satan or by demons, and then uh, uh, Merlin is the son of uh, the son of Satan, and he's the Antichrist. Uh, so that's why he has his magical powers. Mm -hmm. But much like Hellboy, Merlin decides to use his powers for good, which I think makes him an awesome character. Uh, I think there's a lot to be done with it, that. That this film has just so many ideas and so much potential like go with the antichrist thing i mean they sort of did with him being branded by the what, what was their name again Jaren? Hofgum. so so yeah so 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 let's have him him come from like an evil race of gods and then battle like ancient beings like like i i love all that stuff but yeah um merlin merlin is a um is a figure that is traditionally uh, connected to the antichrist um that th there's even like uh, you guys know c.s lewis right the guy who wrote the narnia books yeah mm -hmm. i mean he was he was like a major christian and uh he wrote books for grown-ups too he has a he has a trilogy of uh sci-fi books And uh, those are all like Christian allegories, much like uh, Narnia is, um, because he had such a boner for Jesus. That would be a great bumper sticker. <laughs> boner for Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a great I, quote. Yeah. Um, that, that would be a great band name too, Boner yeah. for Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, and, then, and then just name a band Boner for Jesus and then just make straightforward Christian music <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then two churches because we have a Boner for Jesus okay um, <laughs> um, no but, 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 but C.S. Lewis wrote this trilogy of sci-fi books and I think in the third one uh, it's actually about uh, scientists um, uh, digging at Stonehenge and digging up Merlin's corpse and uh, Merlin is the evil antichrist and he's coming back to life and he's a threat and stuff it's C.S. Lewis he's he's a Christian um, but yeah I think I think the Merlin character is awesome but yeah there is the, the, there we have a connection to the occult yeah to the devil yeah so so let's let's think about that so we said um, there are two types of movies on this stick so far Movies that uh, we called ritualistic movies, movies that 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 that, that uh, you can think of like outside of the context of a cinema, like uh, for example the Parajanov stuff. Like if we have a if we have an illegal rave, let's say in the in the Torox catacombs, mm -hmm. and at the, uh, on the walls uh, there is a Parajanov film or uh, Pinocchio, or the Pinocchio one, or even uh, Bilatar films, like Tarkovsky yeah, 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 all, all, all that stuff that lends itself to ritual like it doesn't have to be a rave it could also be something occult like it was all <laughs> like it does all have like a creepy side uh that yeah. the, the, there's lots of horror that the, 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 there's a, a bit of religion here um we keep talking about cults so um the, the, that that's also so a thing that that uh connects the films yeah so um let me let me suggest this there is this uh cult um that gathers in the torox catacombs And does uh, unspeakable rituals, watching unspeakable movies, mm -hmm. and afterwards, uh, the, which is uh, which leads me to the second type of film we uh, we made out on this on this USB stick. Um, afterwards, they have a hangover because they take unspeakable drugs, and um, and they want to watch hangover films. This one is the perfect hangover film to watch 
after uh, an occult ritualistic orgy with lots of <laughs> satanic drugs like because because you have like the antichrist in it you have references to to elder gods that are being raised like you 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 can go oh well i did that last night it's <laughs> um and it, it it won't upset you too much it it, it doesn't it doesn't ask uh, anything of you mm -hmm. so i think uh this usb stick uh is probably probably belongs to a dark cultist um, who is frequently hung over because of all the blood and drug orgies they may do. So I I really think the first theory makes kind of more sense, but uh, I like the second theory more. Let's, yeah. Let's focus on that. Come back, Ranty German. Write us a message. Are we right? Are you a deranged cultist? Are we talking now about stuff we might know? Yeah. yeah. Are we close? Are we close? Do, do you know a lot about culty orgies? Yeah, like it's Horrox. I didn't know. Like I've lived there for a year. It seems so boring. So let's uh, in the next movie, um, let's always try to look for hints about cults and antichrist or yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if I'm right. Like that. Plus, you guys uh, belonging to this cult, if you're listening, which I assume you are, like uh, if you if you have like a like like a blood drug or uh, orgy party occult uh, ritual stuff thing uh, going on at a place where I live, just fucking be polite and invite me. <laughs> like I, I was I was bored out of my mind in Torox. I didn't know this was happening. Like you guys. Well, cats you were hanging out with the cats all the time yeah i was hanging out with the cats while they were having like awesome uh horror film cat parties in the catacombs <laughs> like i even like most of these movies you guys like if uh yeah okay i i would be interested do you have women in your cult because those are really boy 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 movies all the time Okay, uh, so um, yeah, uh, tell us if there are any women in your orgies um, and tell us uh, when the next one is coming up. Invite us, you guys. It's, uh, it's, it's impolite, um, is all I'm saying. So, uh, Jaren, <laughs> favorite quote? Ooh, I have a great quote this time. It sums up the movie really well. It fits the whole quote overall so this this is a quote from the evil druid he says koru sanus koro parakiri i remember yeah! that moment and w he, it sounded like um they they put different words no that's another scene but we yeah. almost forgot about that yes uh, he said Anne? No, not 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 not, not him. Uh, oh, Merlin. Was Russell Brand. Russell yeah. Brand. At at one point, Russell Brand was uh, randomly talking to a river, um, and yeah, he said he said Anne, which means mother in Turkish, Unterlagen, which means um, papers. Stuff. Paperwork in German. He said Anne mm. Unterlagen. It was really irritating. And, and he said mm -hmm. uh, lots of bunch of other words, but uh, we don't know every language. So, um, yeah, that was, um, lazy or, or, or it was Google awesome. Translate, um, some random words from every language. language. So, and, uh, let it sound magical, but yeah, what, uh, uh your, your quote, Yaron, that sounds more magical. Plus, yeah, your quote, uh, does sum up the movie. I think that's all, uh, one has to know about this film. 
Um, mm. And I think it's going to be my letterbox review. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, and a demo reel movie could be our film term of the week. Yes, oh, yeah. demo reel yes. movie, film yeah. term of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> don't think I've seen many of those, but this one certainly is that demo reel movie. Um, nice. I am sorry if the filmmakers listen, like I feel really sorry, but, um, maybe I, I hope this was more or less constructive. Um, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, it can, it can help shape your thoughts about, uh, the sequel that I am definitely going to watch because I think there is potential in this film. It's just not fulfilled yet. Um, make it weirder, please. You guys, any last words to the filmmakers before we're going to talk about the film we're going to watch next week? I'm also sorry if I hurt your feelings. I really respect your ambition. And um, as I said, if you would be, you guys would be uh, film students in a university, you would be the Golden Boys. I just thought it was a demo reel for filmmakers, not a film for the audience. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Let me hurt your feelings once again. Uh, Jaren, <laughs> any last words? I don't even have a constructive criticism. <laughs> okay, we are awful, awful, awful people and I'm <laughs> truly sorry. Next week, something very special will happen. Something magical. You guys, remember Paula Blair from Audiovisual Cultures, the one who made episode eight such an interesting listen that, that is so valuable to everyone who downloads it and uh, listens to it. She's gonna come back. And we are going to talk, we're going to talk about the expressionist silent film classic, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. This is actually for once, this is a film that I know some stuff about and that I have seen a couple of times. This is a film that I know I am looking forward to talking about it. Do you guys have any experience with Dr. Caligari? I'm not sure I watched a couple of uh, German silent movies and I'm not sure if I watched that one. I, I heard of the movie, but I haven't watched it. And how do you pronounce his last name? Vini? Weine? Uh, Weine, yeah, Robert Weine. Weine. That's, the, okay. that's the director. Um, I think oh, this was the... Vini is funnier. Do you know that South Park episode about uh, George R. R. Martin with the Wiener, 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 Wiener? <laughs> no? Anyway. Yes. Uh, so you are listening to the classiest art house film podcast out there. Um, and next week we are going to watch uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And I am sure we are going to have the most dick jokes you've ever heard in a discussion of no. the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. All right. Um, Jaren, are you looking forward to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? Yes, I'm always excited about watching old movies and i mean paul always teaches us a lot so it's going to be interesting yeah um and uh, you guys listening to this write a review and tune in next week when we are talking about one of the founding films of modern horror goodbye Ooh. bye bye